So hi, Samir. Welcome to Obis. Hi, hi, Alex. How are you doing? Great to be here. Yeah, I'm doing well. So today we're talking with Samir Saraya. Is that how you pronounce it? That's absolutely right. Perfect. He's the CEO of That's Personal, India's first uh, erotic products commerce uh, site. Um, so to get started, can you tell me a little bit about how you came to found uh, That's Personal? Sure. So um, prior to this, uh, what I call bizarre venture of mine, I was working with Microsoft and before Microsoft, I was working with Yahoo. And I've been in the internet and mobile industry for almost like 20 years. And my last job was based out of Singapore. Okay. And when I was in Singapore, I kind of realized that e-commerce was growing exponentially around the world. Uh, USA had some great numbers and China was overtaking USA. This was in 2010. And I felt that, uh, you know, this is something here to stay and India also has this great opportunity. So while I was in Singapore, I was trying to think of what I could do in Indian e-commerce as an entrepreneur. And whatever I could think of, whether it's shirt, pants, socks, shoes, furniture, jewelry, electronics, I realized that there were over a dozen companies that had already launched before. <laughs> and I had kind of missed the bus. So one fine day I sat down and I took a pen and paper. And I tried to list down all the reasons why consumers buy online. And the first reason was because of convenience. And I said, it's very difficult to beat an Amazon or a Flipkart at the game of convenience. They're just too good. I said, the second reason why consumers buy online is because they want the best price. And that makes a lot of sense if you're a seller of a product or service and you can transact directly with the consumer on a platform, let's say your singaporeairlines.com or your, let's say, marriotthotels.com, uh, where, you know, it's a buyer and seller talking directly and you cut out everyone, you give each other the best deal. Yeah. But I had nothing yeah. to sell. The third reason I realized is that people buy online because there's a lot more choice available online than in your physical world. Whether you want to buy shoes, you want to buy ice trays, whatever you want to buy, there's much more available there that you can do in 10 minutes than you can do in your physical neighborhood. Yeah. So then I tried to think of more such reasons and I came across one more reason. And that reason went something like this. Consumers will buy online because they don't want to buy offline. <laughs> Correct. You know what? India is perfect for this kind of a category because in India, people are really, really uncomfortable to buy condoms at retail. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. e-commerce has a solution where there's a, some amount of privacy of the buyer's identity. And I said, I'm going to kind of innovate not only on the buying side, but also on the distribution side, which I'll talk about more later. And I said, if we can do that, not only for a person like me, but there'll be 100 million Indians like me who'd be interested in buying sexual products online in absolute privacy. So that was the birth of the idea. It was because of e-commerce and then I got into this category, <laughs> not the other way around. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, India is not known for being, I mean, okay, it's like double-edged, right? Like in the history, you have the Kama Sutra, you have the temples um, that are have like the sexual acts that are really beautiful. And so in the past, you know, India has this like rich sexual culture, but now we've moved more into the present. You see more taboos and you see more sensitivity around sexuality. Um, how are you navigating um, this, this taboo aspect of the culture? 
So the continuation of that story. So uh, I came across this idea, and the first call I gave was actually to my lawyer friend who was based in India. And my lawyer friend was, you know, the external counsel for Yahoo. He was a solicitor. He was also the Internet and Mobile Association head of legal. So I called him up and I said, you know, Lakesh, um, I've got this crazy idea. I want to do an e-commerce site which sells sex products. Nobody in India seems to have done it. And do you think it's legally possible to do something like this? So he said, let me get back to you and, you know, probably call me in a couple of weeks and gave me the guidelines and said, you know, this is possible and this is not possible. And at the end of the call said that, uh, you know, if you're going to follow my recommendations and suggestions of what is possible, then I would like to invest in your company and I'd like to be on the board of directors and handle all your legal issues for you if you give me the opportunity. So I took out the red carpet to Lakesh and said, Lakesh, please come on board because this is one area which is very, very tricky and I really, really need help and expertise to navigate through this. And it is challenging. It is challenging because these laws are over a hundred years old in India, they've been borrowed from the time of the British rule in India. Uh, there are laws on, you know, what is, um, uh, you know, what is allowed, what is not allowed, what is obscene, what is not obscene. And um, a lot of them have not really been modified to the current time. So you have laws generating back in the 1800 and odd year or the early 20th century, but really not for the 21st century. And uh, because of that, it is a big challenge. There are some things that you can do. There are many things that you can't do. And I believe that there is still a huge opportunity on what is legally possible in India. So a lot of people ask me, what is not legally possible in India? And I say, you know, you can't do things like dolls. You can't do things like flashlights. You can't do things which are more intense. (laughs) But you can do the basic stuff, which is, you know, the lubricants, the lingerie, the games, you know, all those kinds of things. And to some extent, we are able to do, uh, you know, to disguise some products in a way to say that, okay, fine, that uh, products which are the Western world will call a vibrator, we would call a massager. But we need to pass it off as a massager. It should not be in any shape which resembles any anatomy of the human body. Uh, so similarly, if you have something like, you know, a penis enlargement pump, but we, you know, we re-christen uh, it as a male pump as a fitness device. So we need to play and understand the law. We need to, you know, structure our products accordingly. We need to package our products accordingly. What's written on the packaging, what's written on the websites, what's written on all marketing tools need to be very, very carefully addressed as per Indian laws and traditions and based on Indian uh, sensibilities. So it's not an easy job to do. One really, really, the word navigate is a right word. It's a very powerful word. There's a lot of things that we need to do to, you know, play the game in a manner which is correct, uh, but it's also in a manner in which the customer and the Indian uh, uh, consumer is comfortable to respect, understand, and treat that product. Yeah, I mean, could you be like a bit more specific about a way that you altered your platform or altered your like or crafted your strategy to actually target the Indian market? Because one thing I saw on your website that I thought was so well done was cash on delivery um when i was like even when i was living in malaysia it's like if you didn't have a cash option it wasn't going to work even if it's a digital platform even if it was like a um you know an app that people were using 
you know, having this option for people who didn't have digital, like who were unbanked or underbanked and be able to pay in cash and be more discreet. So that was a really cool attribute. So I would, I was wondering, like, can you give us maybe like three of the key features of your company that really speak to addressing Indian sensibilities, um, the purchasing habits um, and that landscape? So, so let me start with the big one. So, you know, cash on delivery is short. That's there and that kind of runs the Indian uh, economy in a large way. It is a, fundamentally a cash economy. And um, the thing is that uh, not only our site, but, um, you know, about 80% of all Indian e-commerce runs on this format of cash on delivery. And it's even higher when it comes to these kinds of products because people don't want to leave traces on their credit card, on their bank statements, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But one of the biggest innovations that we have done, and in fact, we got the most innovative startup of the year award in 2015 for this innovation. Congratulations. Is something known as customer self-pickup. Now, what happens in the Western world is people order the products, they give an address, and the product is delivered to the address. That's what e-commerce is. But in our category in India, it was a challenge to do it in a simple format like that because there were three very large sets of people or communities which could not follow the standard e-commerce transaction of getting the products or receiving the products at their house. Okay, the first set of people were actually what I call the uh, individuals who were unmarried, who were, let's say, between the age of 18 and whatever, 35, 40, who were still living with their parents, uh, which is very common in India and uh, they were sexually active but they did not want these products coming to their house where their parents live the second, set of, people, the second set of people were parents whose children were now six seven eight nine and ten and said every e-commerce parcel that comes my kids are the first to open and we don't want you to them to open these kinds of products that we order and the third set is again very very normal in india is that you know you have something known as a joint family where multiple people are staying under one roof and it's not very nuclear living so you will have a maid in the house you'll have a cook in the house you'll have someone who comes and cleans in the house labor cost is relatively cheap there is a hierarchy and having these products even if you hide them in your bathroom someone's coming and cleaning your bathroom and can find these products so someone's coming and cleaning your you know, your dressing table, so they know where things are. Or people exactly. put the clothes back in the cupboard, so you have access to that cupboard. So, you know, we had to find a solution to deal with these situations and circumstances. And we went back to the drawing board and we did something very unique, which we said was that uh, customers can give us their PIN code or their zip code, as you call it in the Western world. And we will map out within a radius of about five zero kilometers all the delivery points in terms of the courier offices and then the consumer can get the product delivered at the courier office and then he or she can go himself or herself or send any representative maybe your maid maybe your boyfriend maybe your sister your brother means whoever you want a driver to go collect the product and you control that last mile and we were pleasantly surprised that um, you know when we started this service we did an experiment in eight cities one eight we then took 1-8 up to 24. We took 24 up to 50. We took 50 up to about 200. And now we've crossed about 400 cities in India that we are doing this service, which is bizarre in terms of general scale of operations. And today, 17, one 7% of my orders actually come from this unique service. 
So these are the kinds of things that one needs to do to innovate and you know try and understand Indian culture and try and find solutions based on the challenges of the Indian environment. That's fantastic. I love the way you thought that through. I love like how it came together. Um, so you recently put out a really interesting report um, that was really showcasing your knowledge of the Indian market. Um, and it, it mentioned that 65%, uh, it was a 65% increase in sales uh, during the COVID period. Um, which I thought was like, okay, that makes sense, but that's still wild. Um, so I was wondering if you could tell me more about um, specific trends in the market that you're seeing, what's hot, what's not, and kind of what's, um, what are the trends that are, you're seeing in the, in the Indian market? Sure. So, um, you know, this is the uh, fourth such report that we have put out. And it's, uh, you know, the reason why we put out these reports is because wherever I go, uh, a lot of people at parties, at events, etc., love to ask me these questions in terms of, you know, tell me, you know, who buys the maximum? What's the male to female ratio? Which is your most popular product? And what's interesting about this market? And, you know, we had a lot of this interesting data and we said that, you know, what, it seems that there are a lot of people interested. Let's, you know, periodically publish it and share it with the rest of the country. And, you know, they can all understand how things are going. So this is basically, a, you know, a continuation of the earlier report in which we've added a lot more fresh data. And we've done it on a cumulative basis right from 2013. So it's very, very rich. And if you look at the number of orders and the history and geography. Um, so, you know, there are some things which are interesting. Obviously, you know, the product portfolio keeps changing. We are always adding new products. We are things. So there's a lot of things around that that we kind of see which changes year in and year out. Uh, this year, we had something interesting in terms of the most popular role play costume. Uh, the last year that we released a report, the most popular role play costume was the nurse uniform. This year, it's the hostess uniform. And, uh, you know, two, two of the big elements in the country kind of uh, vanished because of bankruptcy. And we kind of wonder, okay, are people really missing these aerosols because these flights are no longer there? And exactly. That's <laughs> so that was an interesting thing. And, you know, it's always good to understand, you know, what the male-female ratio is, what are women looking for. What's, again, interesting in India is the timing that people buy. If I look at the male audience, they buy from 9 p.m. to 12 midnight. And if I look at the female audience, they buy from 12 noon to 3 in the afternoon. Interesting. Okay, and we're trying to understand that logic. And it's quite simple because um, that's a kind of time where the woman has her time on her own. You know, the husband's at work, the child is in school, uh, you know, whatever the morning calls are, they've all been done. And this is kind of her afternoon time, either pre-lunch or post-lunch to figure out what she wants, how she wants, and so on. <laughs> so like this, I mean, there are a lot of interesting things. Yes, uh, in terms of COVID, um, unfortunately, here there was a big lockdown that we had in India. And yeah, the, uh, as well as the warehouse was shut from, uh, you know, March 20th to uh, May 18th. So we lost that period. Um, the rest of the world also saw a spark increase in the overall level of sex toys. And we were presently surprised that India is no exception. And we had a pretty strong jump of 65%. And that's continuing as we speak. In fact, we, our traffic has gone through the roof. Uh, these are new highs and new records for this quarter that we hope to achieve here. 
That's awesome. So originally I was going to ask you the question that we used to end the, the show of, can you, you know, recommend three, like three tips uh, for entering the Indian market, but you kind of spoke to customization uh, for the market and understanding the consumer. So I'm going to change the question slightly to be, um, well, can you give us your three favorite products on uh, that's personal.com? So sure. I mean, I don't know whether it's my personal favorites or what's really <laughs> doing well. Uh, but I think one of the products which very, very surprised me uh, was a product uh, which is basically to do with penis enlargement. And I met uh, a guy named Tim in the country of Costa Rica, of all places. And he runs a company called Bathmate. And he was trying to tell me that, you know, you have no idea, Samir, the amount of Indian traffic I am getting on my website, which is bathmate.co.uk. And why don't you look at this product? And the product is a pretty expensive product. It you know, resells at about 200 pounds uh, for, the, you know, for the lower version and about 300 pounds for the more expensive version. And I told them that, look, you know, Tim, that this is not going to work in India. We're a very different economy. People do not have this kind of money to, you know, to spend and so on and so forth. And he said, you know, try me out. What do you lose? And I was really pleasantly surprised that those sales were skyrocketing. And Bathmate was a brand which was very well known to Indians. They were searching for Bathmate. They were looking for it. You had competing products at you know, one third the cost, but they wanted Bathmate. They wanted that product. Wow. And uh, we had very, very good sales coming from there. And that was one big surprise. Um, similarly, I mean, you know, the standard segment of the vibrators and the massagers, as I said, uh, in India, we have, you know, the discrete massagers in which uh, it's not very easy to understand what the exact product is. The shape is very different. The format is very different. And, you know, whether you have a lipstick or you have a mascara vibrator or you have something which looks like a, you know, something like a pendant or a toy. Yeah. Etc. Those do very well because again, women are not comfortable a to uh, you know tell their own husbands that they are using a sex toy, and b they have limited places to hide such a product in their you know residence or environment. So these discreet massagers are you know interesting where uh, the women are confident to buy it, they're confident to keep it, and in fact we get interesting questions from people saying that look we want to buy your lubricant, but we don't want the label to say lubricant can yeah. you remove the label and say you know maybe a nail polish remover for example <laughs> and we can use that as a lubricant but nobody knows what it is and this is very interesting to solve some of these problems and say you know how are we going to do that and you know what needs to be done because you really need to understand the psyche um, of indians yeah and then you know what is the third product i think um, i mean the, i mean i gave you three i gave you the lubricant i gave you the um, <laughs> Uh, thing. But I think what's also, again, a huge market is really the male masturbator. Um, yeah. You know, so whether it's, uh, you know, Fleshlight is, again, a brand which is extremely well-known in India. Uh, they are, you know, they are right there in terms of the benchmark. There are too many copycats. There are too many illegal and fake products. But we represent Fresh, Fleshlight in the country. We're the exclusive distributor of Fleshlight in the country. And, um, yes, we are uh, very happy with the Fleshlight brand and sales in, in India. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Um, so what, if people want to learn more about That's Personal or learn more about you, where can they find you online? 
Uh, yeah, I'm very much available. I have a LinkedIn profile. I, uh, um, you know, I'm very much there. You can call that person customer service. There's an email ID. So um, I'm definitely around there. Perfect. I'll, I'll put a link to your website into the show notes. Great, great. Nice talking to you, Alex. All the best. And uh, yes, have fun in Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.